Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. My name is Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for taking the time to check out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, whether you're doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Thanks for checking out this podcast. A lot to unpack since our last episode. I apologize for not being able to get an episode in these last couple of weeks, but with all the midweek games, all the travel, it's been a fun and busy couple of weeks, but that unfortunately has come at the expense of a podcast episode, but very excited to have a podcast episode back on tap for you all this week and a lot to unpack since the last time we had one of these, but especially a lot to unpack in the past week. And so let's just go ahead and start with what has taken place on Tuesday morning, and that is the Ice Bears announcing Andrew Harrison has been promoted to being the team's full-time head coach. So Knoxville removes Harrison's interim tag after just nine games and have elected to keep him on full-time. Mike Murray, team president and GM, addressed the team Tuesday morning before they took the ice for practice and very, very excited response in the locker room. So the guys are very happy. Guys have always respected Harry a lot. Um, with him being the assistant coach last season. So obviously the returners know him and has been in the hockey world for a very long time, a 10-year playing career. Of course, his father, Steve, is a longtime coach and successful former player. So a lot of guys that really respect Andrew Harrison a lot. The organization supports him a lot. And I think a lot of people are very happy with how this turned out and I was informed Saturday night after the game in Macon that it was going to be official and that they were going to announce it this week that, yes, they've agreed to terms with Andrew Harrison. He is now the eighth head coach in Ice Bears franchise history. And you just look at the product on the ice and it fully supports the decision to promote Harrison. Team was 0-6 before, outscored 30-7, to and 0 of 17 on the power play. Well, now the Ice Bears are 6 and 3 in 9 games under Harrison. The power play is at 30% right now. 7 out of 23 on the power play including a big power play game-winning goal on Wednesday against Peoria and a big goal to get the rally started when they were trailing 3 to 1 against Macon on Friday and then two goals on Saturday at Macon to ultimately force overtime before Dawson McKinney got the game winner for the Ice Bears. So you're seeing the product improve in so many areas. Guys are playing better. You're starting to see key players continue to step up in a big way, but you're also seeing some of those guys that we weren't talking a whole lot about on the score sheet in the first few weeks of the season are suddenly having big weeks. We'll get more into that in just a moment, but a really good three weeks for Harrison and kind of a nice progression. So when Harrison took over, Knoxville was looking at three consecutive three-game weeks because... Brent Clark resigned on November 5th, the Sunday after the Saturday night game in Fayetteville. So then Harrison is turning around Monday morning as the team's interim head coach with a three-game road trip coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Huntsville and Pensacola. So three three three-game weeks in the next three weeks after he's promoted to being the interim head coach, 
they go one and two the first week, two and one the second week, and three and zero oh the third week. And so it's a, it's a nice progression there, seeing how the team continues to improve. And Harrison has been adamant there is still a lot to work on. There are still a lot of things that need to be improved upon. But they were very optimistic about the upcoming break. And sometimes when a team is playing well, you don't want to have a two week break. But it, it kind of comes in handy because. As Harrison was saying after the game on Saturday, it feels like he finally has some time to really sit down with his team and talk about the things that they want to work on and improve upon and you know be be a little bit better at moving into what is going to be a, a pretty important two-game weekend at Macon. So the Ice Bears, having just seen the mayhem for a home-and-home home on Friday and Saturday, they'll get this week off. They'll get some time to rest and regroup, and hopefully a couple of guys will be able to get healthier guys that have been banged up. Davis Kirkendall has been on the IR, and then they'll head to Georgia for two games against the Mayhem on December 8th and 9th. So it, the break comes at, at a good time, but you almost kind of wish that it, the the streak could keep going of how Knoxville's been playing the Ice Bears again. Six and three in nine games. They've won five of their last six, and they've won three straight for the first time this season. None of the wins have come easy, which obviously means, okay, you got to keep working hard and you know, can you finally get some easy ones? And that means just to get two points, you've got to grind and grind every single night. But at the same time, it, it is almost kind of a good thing because now you go into this break with guys in a positive morale, even though they won't play for two weeks, they get to rest, they get to get better. And when you look ahead to those games at Macon, you see it as an opportunity to go in with an improved product. And maybe these extra practices will help in that regard. So I think it is a really, it, it's more good than bad. And it also shows, hey, it's we've had a scratch and claw for these six wins. We can't stop working. The work's not done. And GM Mike Murray has been very adamant about that. New head coach Andrew Harrison's been very direct and very blunt about how there are things that need to be improved upon. But it's also been a good morale in the locker room as well. It hasn't been, it, it's been all business when it comes to the on-ice product, but it's still a group of guys that, like to have fun, and I think there's good chemistry. Um, it was kind of funny because after Knoxville gave up three first-period goals in back-to-back games on Wednesday and Friday, Andrew Harrison told me that his pregame speech to the team was, guys, I read the rule book cover to cover. They send out a new rule book every year with updated rules. It took me a long time to get through it, and I just wanted to reveal to you guys something that we don't have to let the other team score three goals in the first period. We can play the whole 60 minutes without having to do that. And uh, I guess the guys respect him so much that a couple admitted after the meeting that they thought that he was informing them that they had broken some sort of new rule they didn't know about it and incurred some sort of fine. So um, it obviously there's, there's a bit of a sense of humor with some of these guys, and it's a very fun group of guys to be around. But I think the product is different. And it's you look at going 0-6, Five of those six losses were by three goals or more. Then you look at going six and three. All six of the wins have been close. Even the four to one win over Fayetteville, that game was still tied halfway through the first period or through the third period. And obviously all three wins this past week were come from behind wins. So it has not been easy by any means. You know, the Huntsville game went back and forth. Knoxville never trailed in that game, but it was tied in the third period. And then Brendan Daller had the, you know, big go-ahead goal on the power play when Knoxville hadn't scored a power play goal yet at that point in the season. So none of the games have, have been easy, whether it's been Peoria or Fayetteville or whether it's been Macon or Evansville. It just 
has not come easy regardless of where that opponent is in the standing. So I think it goes to show that Harrison commands a lot of respect. I think Harrison has shown that he's going to put everything he has into this. And I think the players understand that and they want to reciprocate that as well. And you've got a harder working team. You have guys that have been playing in new roles that are playing better and guys are adjusting. I think when you look at what Cole McKechnie did on Wednesday, where he has a career high three assists, it's the best game that he's ever played since he's come to Knoxville. All three of his of his assists come on big plays, offensive zone faceoffs, which is something that I think Knoxville struggled in earlier in the season was a winning faceoffs in general, but b establishing possession in the offensive zone. So McKechnie with two big assists that lead to two Roman Kramer goals, and then McKechnie with a big interception on a forecheck after Knoxville had given up the lead in the third period, steals the puck away, finds Kramer on the back doorstep, and it leads to Kramer's hat trick. And suddenly Knoxville's tied the game again and taking the momentum back. Tyler Rolo, after finally, you know, getting a goal, he gets his first of the year on the rebound to win the game against Peoria. And then he gets another one later in the weekend against Macon. And so being in the right place in the right time, you're seeing him do better in the faceoff circle. You're seeing him pile up the assists a little bit more. So the the guys that, you know, started on the wing are now being moved to center and I think it's been a good look for Knoxville that you're seeing those guys improve. Dawson McKinney finally getting his first goal, and what a way to get your first. You're an overtime game winner that your team was trailing in the third period. McKechnie got his first goal in that game as well, tying the game up in the third on the power play. Justin Levesque, I think, has been greatly improved over the last couple of weeks. You're seeing him win wall battles at a higher rate. He's winning more faceoffs when he has to take them. Uh, he is able to create space behind the net and slip the puck out in front. And you saw him do that really well last Saturday against Birmingham, where he was tied up in the left-wing corner, came back towards the trapezoid, and slipped a perfect pass right to McKechnie at the left hash. And McKechnie, you know, he missed the one-timer, but you start to see that play from Levesque and think, hey, if he continues to do that, Knoxville's going to start burying those shots. And so it's the guys that we weren't talking about as much at the beginning of the season. We were talking about Jordy Stallard, Brady Florent, Cam Huff, and now we're seeing some of these other guys start to really step up and, and provide a little bit of forward depth as well. And so it, it's great to see. And, and Roman Kramer comes out of nowhere. The day that he shows up in Knoxville, he goes and scores a hat trick against a previously unbeaten in regulation Peoria team. So really cool to see for Knoxville that what they've been able to do. And they've still got their work cut out for him. Knoxville is still eighth in terms of the point standings. They're still ninth in point percentage. And Knoxville has played more games than any other team in the league. Knoxville's played 15 games. Knoxville's season is more than a quarter of the way over. And we're not even to December yet. So all these other teams have games in hand over Knoxville. There's been a couple of teams that have played 14 games. There have been some teams that have only played 11. So Knoxville is still looking up at the rest of the league. But based on the trajectory, you've won six of your last 10. Technically six of your last nine since Harrison took over. You've won five of six. You won three straight. All of those trajectories are really nice. How does Knoxville respond when it has to get back to action? And and now you have to go to Macon, where the last time you had a two-day trip to Macon, you were swept. You just took two games from the Mayhem, but you needed to rally from from a third-period deficit in each of those games. So can Knoxville start to clean up the product and and finally play a a full 60-minute game? Because I think at times they've done that, but some of the major mistakes have impeded them to be able to really pull away from opponents. 
And it's great that you're seeing Knoxville play better second and third periods because it seemed like through the first month of the season, Knoxville was maybe good for one period and then having to hang on for dear life. But this past week against Peoria, I thought Knoxville outplayed the Rivermen in both the second and the third period. In the game on Friday, I thought it was kind of similar. Knoxville outplayed Macon in the second and third. Major mistakes led to them being in a hole after the first. But ultimately, I thought Knoxville showed that it was the better team on Friday. On Saturday, I thought Knoxville got outplayed for the majority of the game. I thought Macon played exceptionally well. They set up a lot of quality chances. And then Knoxville took advantage of the opportunities it had, scoring on a power play in the third period to tie the game. And then getting a two-on-one after holding off an odd man rush by Macon and McKinney winning the game in OT. Plus, Karpinski playing arguably his best game since he's been in Knoxville and kind of stealing the game away from Macon. I thought the Mayhem set up a lot of high-quality, grade-A chances throughout the course of that game. I thought Karpinski was up to the task. I thought he made some really good saves. And and I told I told Macon's broadcaster after the game, the overtime game on Saturday, I was like, look, you guys keep playing like that. You're going to stay in games. You're, you're going to win a lot. Macon has four post-regulation losses on the season. So they're they're picking up points, and they're staying in games. And then on Sunday, playing their fourth game in five days, they lost one to nothing to a good Pensacola team that had the previous day off. So, and I know Pensacola was coming off a, a really one-sided loss to Birmingham, but they also shut out Birmingham on Wednesday. So it's not like Pensacola was on this long drought of losses. And so they play, you know, they they try to play Drennan Atherton after playing Josh Boyko for the previous several games. Atherton goes out and has a great game, just didn't get any goal support. It's a one-nothing shutout loss, and Steven Mundinger played really well for Pensy, but you know, Macon's going to continue to be competitive and Evansville picked up what I felt like was a much needed win over Quad City. They dropped the first two games of the week to the storm and then got a one-sided win uh, to wrap up the weekend. So for Knoxville, you're looking up at the majority of the SPHL, but with so much time left in the season and with the morale that's there, I think Knoxville feels pretty optimistic about you know becoming a more competitive team and staying competitive for the long run. And I, I think that's obviously good for the Ice Bears. It's good for Andrew Harrison. I think the team is really excited. And so it, it comes on a week two where Knoxville lost a couple of key pieces with Brady Florin and Christian Stead getting called up, Davis Kirkendall going on the IR. So there are things that, you know, were not the most ideal setting for that week to start. But I think the win over Peoria gave the Ice Bears a lot of confidence and help them believe that even after the slow start against Macon, that they could come back and Knoxville looked like the better team in the second and third period on Friday. And then, you know, we're able to claw out an overtime win in a game where they really didn't look like the better team throughout the course of that game on Saturday. So all in all, a really nice performance, a nice week for the ice bears. And now moving on to more good news as a result of that week, Knoxville center, Jordy Stallard has been named the SPHL player of the week. So to recap Stallard's performance, he had two points in each of Knoxville's three games last week, Um, got the rally started in the second period when the team was down three to nothing against Peoria. He scored the first goal, had an assist later on Seth Enzer's goal that tied the game and had those two points. So kind of helped get the rally started and Knoxville's come from behind win over the Rivermen and then scored two goals in the final two and a half minutes of regulation to beat Macon four to three when Knoxville was down three to two. So, you know, Stallard got kind of a weird deflection off the first one, is shot from the bottom of the left circle after the corner pass from McKinney, kind of bounced off, uh, I believe it was Brad Jenyon's stick, popped into the air, went over the left shoulder of Josh Boyko, and then Cam Huff shot from the slot, 
hit the post, slipped back out of the net underneath Boyko, and Stallard was there to poke it in the the gaping net. And so that was a pretty nice performance late in that game with Stallard needing to step up. And then on Saturday, he gets an assist earlier in the game and then gets the game-winning assist on McKinney's goal in overtime. So two points per game, three come from behind wins, a game-winning goal, a game-winning assist, a game-tying goal as well. But Stallard also did this in a week where he lost both of his line mates. Lost Brady Flurent to a call-up. He lost Davis Kirkendall to a lower body injury in the game against Evansville the previous Friday. And so we had a game to play with Dawson McKinney on Saturday, but still, you're trying to work out this chemistry with Stallard, Florent, and McKinney, and then suddenly Florent's gone, and you're you're working with Cam Huff, and obviously there's a lot of speed there, and I thought that line looked really good. I think McKinney has a lot of potential, and I think his game is really starting to come together, and I still think there's a lot more that he can improve upon, but you got to think about how tough that is for your first-line center who's trying to be this distributor and get the puck to guys that can put the puck in the net. Brady Florent had nine goals before his call-up. He was among the league leaders in goals scored. And so suddenly, Jordy Stallard, going into that week, only had two goals all season, gets a big goal against Peoria, and then scores two major ones against Macon. So you see the playmaker step up to where it's not just he's not just a good passer, he can shoot the puck as well. And that was really important for Knoxville over the weekend. So a big congrats to Jordy Stallard, with a really important week for Knoxville, doing a lot more than just what was on the stat sheet. So Stallard becomes the first player of the week honor for the Ice Bears, and Knoxville gets to enjoy some time off before moving along to a two-game weekend against Macon coming up on December 8th and 9th. And then the Ice Bears get six consecutive home games in the month of December. They'll play at home on December 15th, 16th, 22nd, 23rd, 26th, 29th, And then they'll go to Fayetteville on December 30th and wrap up the calendar year at Roanoke Uh, for the first time. The Ice Bears will be in Virginia this year. Knoxville will first uh, first face Roanoke uh, in mid-December when the Rail Yard Dogs make a visit to Knoxville. And so a quick look at the standings. Um, Peoria dropped back-to-back games to Knoxville and then Huntsville. They beat Huntsville to wrap up the weekend. Uh, Peoria has only played 11 games along with Quad City, so they lead the league in point percentage. They are third in total points with 17. Uh, Fayetteville sits at number one, nine, three, and two on the season. Pensacola is nine and five. They've got 18 points there in second. Peoria, uh, as we just mentioned, is in third. Birmingham is in fourth. Huntsville is in fifth. And then you've got Roanoke in sixth, Quad City in seventh, tied with points for Knoxville, but Quad City with four games in hand. Over the Ice Bears, Knoxville will get Quad City twice in December and then two more times in January. And then there are still four meetings between Knoxville and Macon, uh, currently battling it out for that number eight spot. And then Evansville um, is down in 10th. Knoxville will see Evansville three more times before the end of the regular season. So still a lot of hockey to be played. And right now you've got Fayetteville with 20 points. You've got Knoxville with 12. So you're looking at a four-game differential between those top eight teams right now, and then just a five game differential when you're looking at Fayetteville to Macon and in the number nine spot. So it's really too early to tell. I think who is, is, you know, could pull away. Obviously Peoria looks very efficient. Um, doesn't matter who you play. Anytime you go seven Oh and one to start a season, you've obviously got something working and they, they definitely have very good players over there. Got hurt a little bit with, um, the injured reserve here in the last couple of weeks, they've lost Jordan Ernst, they've lost Ryan Nolan, they've lost Mike Gillette. So um, some key pieces that aren't there for them right now. 
Pensacola kind of going back and forth. They, you know, and and that's kind of how this is going to go with Pensacola and Birmingham, I think, because they play each other so much. They've both shut each other out already. They've both won tight games against the other. They've had a high scoring affair and they've both blown each other out at one point or another. So it's, you know, it's going to be this really interesting rivalry to see which of these teams has more firepower over the course of the season because Pensacola shuts out Birmingham four to nothing on Wednesday. And then on Friday, Birmingham beats Pensacola eight to one. So Fayetteville has looked really solid, but Roanoke has had their number a couple of times already this season. So um, they've played competitive games, but Roanoke has had some quality wins against Fayetteville so far this season. Huntsville has gotten a win over Peoria. They've gotten a win over Roanoke. They've, you know, they they obviously are are kind of in that middle of the pack right now in that five spot, and that's a team that is still trying to find its way after losing so many key pieces from last year's squad. Quad City has a pretty interesting resume. They've already beaten Fayetteville. They've already beaten Peoria. They've already beaten Roanoke. So they have some quality wins. Um, they've won six of their last four, recently just had that impressive winning streak snapped over the weekend to Evansville. So again, you've got teams that have, I think you have a handful of teams that have a lot of potential. There's not really a clear cut number one. And it's kind of similar to last year. Remember Quad City was top in the standings through the first month of the season a year ago, and then they ended up missing the playoffs entirely. And then there's obviously so many other factors that play into that. Do teams get some ECHL guys back? Do teams lose guys to the ECHL? Do they lose guys to injury? What happens in the spring when all the college players uh, end up graduating, finishing up their careers and turn pro? Who gets those guys? You know, Birmingham just had a huge get, I thought, with Brian Bowen leaving Norfolk after he was cut and then going to Birmingham, where he had played a lot of time in Fayetteville throughout his SPHL career. So I thought that was a good get for Birmingham. Really showed on that win over uh, Pensacola on Friday. So a lot happening right now in the SPHL and the Ice Bears getting some time off, but a new coach in town, Andrew Harrison, is officially the team's eighth head coach in franchise history. And Jordy Stallard being named the SPHL Player of the Week after having a two-goal per, or a two-point-per-game week in three big wins for Knoxville last Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Thank you so much for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. My name is Joel Silverberg. We'll talk to you next time right here on the KIB podcast.